Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast, where three lifelong friends talk about movies and TV shows that we like and also dislike. My name is Austin. I'm Chris. I'm George. And we're three lifelong friends. How long, how long have we known each other now, guys? Eight inches. What? <laughs> <laughs> how, how long have we known each other? Middle school? Since the days of Swainston in North Las Vegas. What is that? Eight, nine years now? Uh, I just I just found out we graduated four years ago. So we're going to. Is there a reunions for middle school? Are we going to have to go to a, a 10 year middle school reunion? Ted told me to spell I cup. Well, now I'm an astronaut. <laughs> Let's see who really won there. Uh, no, but Christian, you and I have known each other since elementary school. And then we met George in sixth grade. I had him in a science class and I probably should have just like switched classes. But here we are now. Yeah, no, Miss Jaskowski. No, no, no. It's Mr. Schultz. Oh, that was Mr. Schultz. Yeah, and no, then we, we have we had her again. We, seventh grade yeah science class for us was fucking did we get anything accomplished those first two years like seriously <laughs> we had mr schultz w- was cool with us doing absolutely nothing and then miss jaskowski where kids would try to kill her with axe body spray she she would have like an asthma attack so they'd chemical be like, warfare that's the first chemical warfare i ever saw chris was in that classroom <laughs> i walked in one day and you'd have thought you're in the axe factory P- i remember it was specifically like kid pj sprayed a shit ton of it like in his backpack so he wouldn't get caught but you know axes he, the he fucking, emptied the can the fog just <laughs> took up the classroom and then we are it's passing period as we're walking up you to see miss jaskowski walk out just then <laughs> <laughs> you would see you would see like 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 from monsters inc when the the spider dude's chasing sully he's like <laughs> like that was like the the hall monitors running in we got him boys we got him but then like but like pj would already be gone yeah, no, PJ is one of those white kids that probably lives out in like Pahrump right now and is just causing havoc out there. I don't Do you guys know PJ? Philip, oh, yeah. Philip, <laughs> that's the impression that you gave me from middle school is that you're somebody that lives out in Pahrump and drives an ATV. You probably live with Trevor out in GTA. That's <laughs> that's what I got from you. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's actually get to what we're here to talk about. We, uh, we decided to start a podcast talking about movies and TV shows that we like and also don't like, you know, because if we can't have an opinion, what's the point? Yeah. And I want people to understand that, like, by no means are we cinematography experts. These are just guys being dudes talking movies. And like, you'll hear it from me when I list like my top five favorite movies. You'll be like, oh, I get the vibe of this. Yeah, Absolutely. what could be better? That's guys being dudes. Hey, we're just bros being dudes. Sometimes we like movies. Sometimes it kind of stinks, bro. That's just the general, that's just the deal that's going on here. Well, as George uh, just alluded to, we're going to go ahead and get started with our top five favorite movies. We all c- came prepared with a list for you guys. Uh, so the, I think the way we should do this is uh, we'll each go down the line. So we'll start with George first. He'll say his number five. I'll say my number five. Chris will say his number five and we'll We'll discuss them as they as they get brought hey, up. Hey, mine's not in an order though. That's fine. Just whatever. Right, whatever. So I'll just list a, a one of them out of it. Yeah, that's fine. All right, perfect. So no particular order. Top five for me. You want me to go all five or just one right now? We'll just do one. Just one at okay. a time. One. Recently came out. Uncut gems. Do you want me to go into it? Yeah. Why? Go ahead, Here we go. go. Here we go. Sure. So Uncut Uncut gems. Why I've you heard like mixed it. things about it, so I want to hear what you say. Uncut Gems. I relate to this movie so deeply because I come from a household that likes to sports gamble. 
So when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, shit, this dude's putting lines on games. You know what I mean? Adam Sandler in a role that you're not used to seeing him in. You see him in all these comedies, but then you're like, oh, shit. He's like, he's serious in this film. But it ties together sports gambling. It ties together like how crazy that lifestyle is. And I've seen it in my like with my own eyes gambling in sports this year, how fucking intense it is when you're watching a game. You're like, I have so much money riding on this dude hitting a shot, you know, thousands of miles away. But I'm watching on TV. I'm on the edge of my seat. And that's how I felt the entire movie. And I think it's Adam Sandler is just like one of his finest movies for sure. And how you tie it together from this gem that you get out in Africa. My God, like, how do you come up with that brilliance? But anyways, that's my number one uncut gems. All right. uh, So I'll go with I'm going in an opposite order. I'm going from number five to number one, but no big deal. We're we're just here to talk about them. Mine was not in order. I put uncut gems. I would be so tough to to number these. Okay. Mine are a lot of different ones, so I'm in like a same boat where it's hard. Yeah, mine are are kind of the same. I just have them one through five as like which ones I've seen the most, which ones I like the most, but who cares? So I'll go with uh, number five for me, and uh, hopefully my haters love me. Cars 2. Why Cars 2 over Cars 1? You have to justify it. Is there Cars 3? Yeah, there's a Cars 3. Bro, Mater's a secret agent, dog. What what, What more do you need? Okay, look. I haven't seen the Cars movies in a hot minute. You got to remind me what the hell happened. So basically, Mater gets like mixed up in a bathroom at this the, at this like uh, race event that Lightning McQueen's at. And he gets like mistaken for like a secret agent. And that's like the whole movie. He's just like, well, how, well, how do I like to I like to 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 find out stuff, too. And then he's just a secret agent the whole movie. And he finds out like this plot behind the scenes of the race that his friend is in to like ruin the whole race. So he basically he stops it by being just Mater. Like just doing unorthodox shit that Mater would do, and it'd be like, "Oh, that worked, cool." That buck tooth tow truck, yeah. my god, Larry, Larry the cable guy, his finest work, his absolute finest work. With these Pixar movies, there's always that one character that stands out that deserves more of a spotlight in the first movie. And that was Mater, and it was Mater. And I guess from what you're saying, the second one, they totally like they deliver. But here's the thing: though. everybody thinks Cars Two is the worst Cars movie. I'm. <sighs> No, because Cars one, because Cars one is so iconic. It and is. Good. It's a good movie. I'm so, and I know this is like going off on a tangent. I fucking have never gone on that Cars ride at Disneyland Adventure, California Adventure, California yeah. Adventure. Man, but anyways, that Mater needed that. You could see it similar, like Chris said in the in the Pixar movies. They did the same thing with Nemo and Dory, giving her that that spotlight. Mm. But no. Cars 2, I definitely got to check out again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's 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 a good one. And uh, hopefully the guys at the Magic Car Way podcast don't hate me for saying that. But Cars 2 is definitely the best one of the three. Okay. Billy Madison. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's very controversial topic, believe it or not. Even though I think everybody likes his movies in some degree or another. My favorite has always been Billy Madison. It's maybe the dumbest movie that he did. Maybe. Because I recently watched Don't Mess With the Zohan. No, nah, Jack and Jill is like by far the worst movie oh, he's done. Oh my God. Yeah, Jack and Jill was Jack and Jill. I'm not was saying bad. bad. No, no. I'm oh, not just, saying just stupid. I'm not saying stupid in a bad way. I love stupid movies. Okay. In terms of comedy, like I will absolutely pander the lowest common denominator. He gets drunk and he sees an imaginary penguin half of the movie. It's like the best bit. 
He's like, and he walks in and the penguin is in the house of the girl that he likes when he's stone drunk. And he, the penguin's holding a martini and he's imagining it because he's drunk. And he says, I see how it is. And he like turns away and he leaves. And I mean, if that doesn't encapsulate the nonsense of the movie, I don't know what does. I wish that happened to me when I got drunk. When I get drunk, I just get shamed by my family. The, the, and speaking of being <laughs> drunk, dude, the, I, what I think is the best part of that movie is when the kid pisses his pants on the field trip mm. and he goes onto the bus and he, uh, he pours water on his pants. He said, peeing your pants is cool. <laughs> I've never been drunk and pissed my pants. Maybe one day I'll get to that point. And then the, the old lady says, the old lady at the, the field trip says, if peeing your pants is cool, then you could call me Miles Davis. <laughs> And Adam Sandler's like, oh my god, lady, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh my god. All right, then. Okay, all right. I'll move on to my next one. All right. Off of Adam Sandler and his comedy and onto another comedy great, both of them in Step Brothers, John C. Riley and Will Farrell. The movie is just all around. It, it, it encapsulates like what I feel and want in a comedy movie. Like there's a storyline behind on my drum set. Yeah. There's such a good storyline, you know, like nowadays stepbrothers are known for their, their roles in porn. As more than, more than <laughs> what? what are you doing? Step bro. Step bro. Oh, yeah, but I'm now- stuck under the bed. <laughs> How do you get stuck under the bed? That fake ass shit. But Will Ferrell, John C. Riley nail it in fucking stepbrothers where they go and they just you could see the hatred in them in the first dinner that they have and and he's like squirting the ketchup and everything he's like what john c Riley is like squirting the ketchup he's like what i like it and then his his dad's like that's enough dale that's enough and you could just see them fucking going at it the whole movie by far the best scene is the drum set scene where john c Riley comes home and he's like why are you sweating on the couch and will ferrell is just like watching cops and then you know john c <laughs> Riley has to go upstairs to fucking investigate his drum set sees the chip on the drumstick comes back downstairs in just the goofiest way possible and he says oh it's quite funny uh it seems that somebody definitely touched my drum set he's like well that's crazy because i didn't touch it he's like i know you touched my drum set you're a fucking liar because cops doesn't start till five <laughs> and they fucking go at it oh. and if that scene doesn't show how funny they are they showed in the last scene when fucking will ferrell and him perform that fucking victorian song <laughs> with like ridiculous drum fills in it <laughs> boats and hose it's 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 such a fucking good movie to not put in my top five but anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. It, 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 well, I like to say that, like, it has so many quotable and, like, referenceable moments. And all of it's because the, the like, the dynamic duo. They just, John Riley and Will Ferrell, they just bounce off each other the whole movie. And, like, that's why they're in so many movies together, like Talladega Nights. But Step Brothers is maybe the best one. So that's how I agree. Definitely. I, I, I never watched the one where they were, uh, what's the most recent one? The Sherlock Holmes one. I didn't watch that. Oh, one. see, I'm a little bit out of the loop. I didn't Holmes see and it. Watson. Holmes and Watson. I heard there's a sequel now, right? There's two. Of them. I heard that it wasn't as good as people thought. Like, oh, 
fuck. You, it's you it's a you shitty. Yeah. You can't have stepbrothers and then expect everything to live up to that. That That's, movie. Yeah. Or they fucking nights by that. Hard truth. Yeah. They set the bar high on that one. No doubt. No doubt. Definitely. All right. I'll you move got on to my next one. Um, you should appreciate this one because I know we've talked about this. Uh, mine, one of my next top fives is Borat. Okay, <laughs> I can see it. That, wow. You know what's funny? And this is going to sound terrible, but it's like a nostalgia trip for me because my dad showed me that. My dad and I watched that movie and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. My parents took me to that movie in the movie theater. They felt like... <laughs> Just the worst parents after like, I don't know what they were expecting, but fucking <laughs> they thought it was going to be like a documentary about a guy coming from the Middle East to America and just making a good life. <laughs> Five minutes in, there's fucking Sasa Barraconan in a one piece fucking <laughs> washing his bathing suit, washing himself in the river, hugging his fucking junk as tight as possible. That dude is hairy as shit, but keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I, I, I just that's a nostalgia trip for me. I remember you and I used to. You and I used to quote it all the time, like, hey, hey dog, don't show us your huggies, though. <laughs> when they got, <laughs> he meets up with some dudes outside of, where was it, like, Detroit? Yes. is in Detroit. And, like, he meets up with these, like, these dudes, and they, like, get him to sag his pants, but he has, like, really weird underwear on. <laughs> so it's just, but it, like, it doesn't look right, because he still has, like, his belt tight, like, around his thighs. The fact that he actually went out and did that shit, because I heard that film was all like fucking like 90% of it is organic, except for Pamela Anderson. I thought that part was true, but oh it was God. staged. But still, yeah, the, it came out years later. Like the dude who sold him that he wanted to buy the Hummer from was like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be used in a movie like that. And so he tried to sue them. <laughs> but, it, but like oh, the contract, so to sign, sue him. Yeah, but it didn't go through because of the contract he signed. What was the thing that he wanted in his car? A pussy magnet. He wanted his car to be a pussy magnet. He, he said, had, "Did like, this car come with he, pussy magnet?" And he goes, "He goes, uh, yeah, they, they, they like this car." But, but how much did he have? He had like five hundred dollars, so they gave him an ice cream truck. Oh, <laughs> and then they got the, the funniest part for me though is like they don't know how to turn off the the song, like the 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 ice cream truck song, and they have a bear in the back, so they pull into a park, like a park with kids in it, to try to stop, and the kids run up against ice cream, and the bar just. The, the bear just like, and the kids freak out because <laughs> they think it's an ice cream truck and here's this bear just screaming at them. What, that's one of like the craziest. You see a lot of people do that nowadays, like on YouTube. Yeah, like that's, with, what, that's the premise of like the Nelk boys is them going out and doing insanely dumb shit and people laughing at it except this man pretended to be from fucking kazakhstan and comes to america for a documentary and he is just he's just all off on the wrong page he tried to pay he broke a whole bunch of shit in an antique store and tried to pay with it with his fucking pubic hair like yeah, who the fuck yeah, does yeah. that he goes, this is very nice where i come from <laughs> I, and then i still remember um like with Pamela Anderson, that was the the greatest ending. And he's like, "Can I have you sign this for like so and so?" So he has like have her sign it for like fifteen people, and then he has like this blanket that he's gonna use to like kidnap her to like wed her, and then he just throws it over. What funny thing though is, um, I, I read an interview on it, and because it was staged, and Pamela Anderson got injured because like a dude tried to stop him. No way. So they actually oh, filmed it twice. Shit. They filmed it twice, and at the first location, this guy tried to stop him and like tackled him and Pamela Anderson. I guess she got hurt. <laughs> that's a perfect excuse to tackle pamela anderson maybe cop a feel i don't uh, condone it but what an opportunity that man <laughs> seized yeah he hurt her too 
I mean, you, you balance it out. She is a good doctor. She's very rich. So she can she can go to the, the good people out there in L.A. and get some shit fixed up. All right, Chris, go ahead and enlighten us, please. All right. Another comedy. These aren't all comedies, but, you know, right now we're comedy heavy. Super bad. Classic. Saw super bad when I was young. Um, yeah. I forget what year it came out. It was like in the 2000s. Like late 2000s. Yeah. And, uh, dude, that movie was so instantly funny uh the first thing that stuck out to me was the scene where he's talking about his dick drawing lunchbox and it's just um and they cut it out of the when they play it on tv but it's just a montage of jonah hill his character's name is seth (laughs) in elementary school just drawing dicks all through class but they're like very finely detailed like so veiny and just hairy just perfect And he's drawing them to look like monkeys and airplanes and bananas. It's like a montage. It's like, I don't know. It's like a like a distorted art. Okay, and just play the song, the the Smash Mouth song at the end of Shrek. Like an end credit scene. Don't they show it in the end credits, too? Yeah, they show more of the art. There was more. Okay. He oh my gosh I remember them it was like when I was because like you said it was when we were super young so like I remember first time like watching on FX or some shit back when, back when you used to watch cable TV and had to sit through commercials <laughs> but you see it on FX and he goes into that 7-Eleven and starts looking at nudie mags ever since that day I, <laughs> I every time I go to a place I'm like do they really have playboys out here for just kids to look at <laughs> they probably did at one point not anymore now <laughs> Because of the movie, because of the movie. So and and the the funny the the funniest wording in the 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 dick scene was um I he was like I have this ghost box lunchbox where I keep all the drawings. It's like a, a treasure trove of dicks. <laughs> uh, uh, and he explains uh they my parents called in a priest and oh no the principal was a christian so they called in a priest because they thought i was possessed by some sort of dick demon when they <laughs> caught me and the movie the movie has so many good actors in it uh it has you get seth rogan seth rogan and then uh jonah hill uh yeah, Seth Seth, Seth Rollins cop, Jonah Hill Seth, Michael Sarah's the friend. Then the cops are uh who's that guy? He was just in it chapter two. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, yeah. The other dude, Seth Rogan, and then the other dude. Uh Chris Chris Hader or is it Bill Hader? I forget Bill his Hader. name. Bill. Bill Bill Hader. Who's also BB8. Dude, the cops are hilarious. Every character in the movie is hilarious. There's so many stupid quotes. Fogel, Fogel's McLovin. That's one of the like the, the most classic, <laughs> like referenceable jokes. McLovin. And out of all the teen, like there's all like the raunchy, like teen comedies, like American Pie and stuff that are kind of in that genre. I think Superbad is the best one, in my opinion. And that's my opinion. So I love that movie. Well, no, because I mean, I if I'm not mistaken, I believe like Seth Rogen and them like their movies, because I have one an, another one of his movies on my list. Like they're such good comedy writers that no matter what they produce, like it's just a fucking automatic hit. And you don't get that from a lot of like people writing these days. Yeah, I feel like Adam Sandler is the only other one that like he can write something and it could be terrible. But you're like, I I still watch it. It's still probably funny. Fucking Jack and Jill. And we fucking. Yeah, and that's like the only one where I'm like. Uh, <laughs> and we watched it, right? Yeah, we but did watch it. 
it's so crazy how Adam Sandler is just like an intrinsic part of our culture. Like you just remember a vague blur of Adam Sandler in different movies. <laughs> it's like it's like you have the and most it all influential kind of smashes people. together if you don't remember. Yeah, it's like you got like you got Kobe, then you got like President Obama, and then above all that, you got Adam Sandler. If you produce, yeah, like in, no matter what you do, if you produce a a one content all the time, like people are gonna remember you forever. Like dead especially ass. if you do it for decades, like he has. He's, like, he's on what, almost 30 years now, almost 40 years. And he still just, he dresses like it's fucking 2007 with the baggy <laughs> shorts and dad shirts. That, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying? What, what I'm saying is that, God damn it, Adam, you live in Hollywood. Let's spruce up the attire a little. <laughs> but but I, I do like the depressed picture of him at the In-N-Out Burger with his family. I haven't seen I haven't seen this. What? Oh, my gosh. So it looks like some guy in and out saw Adam Sandler. And, like eating with his family and saying, like, oh, I'm going to point a camera at him and take a picture. And he just has this look on like this happened a million times before. He can't escape. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, all I know. The most defeated, broken look on his fucking face. And, it, it, and, it, and it, like, you know, like you said, yeah, dude, his usual attire, like a normal guy. He's got like basketball <laughs> yes. shorts on and a big T-shirt. And like, like, I feel bad for him, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, like how you go to In-N-Out, you don't expect to get a fucking picture taken. Either. But like that's oh, I'm sure we'll get into it eventually, like with how shitty it has to be to be an actor sometimes and having to constantly be on for everybody. <laughs> like, I'm sure at that moment he was probably wanting to tell that dude. Go yeah, screw yourself. That's like, why get I out felt here, bad for him. Like, it's funny, but I feel bad in reality. So I'll hop on to the next one on my list. We're going to go Django Unchained. Yeah. We're going to go Leonardo DiCaprio in one of his finest roles, playing a, a fucking slave master from the South. And then you got Jamie Foxx playing a slave. And then I don't remember what the German dude's name is that plays the the guy, the bounty hunter originally. Yeah, the old guy who owns the cart, right? Yes. That helps him out. Then you got, yes. then you got Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, old snowball. But I think it, <laughs> uh, it, it literally encapsulates just how crazy slavery is in just the coolest way possible. I get that same feeling when I watch when I watched Hunters and they're like Nazi hunting. It's the same principle. They the slave is out hunting other slave masters that have done wrong. Jamie Foxx becomes this fucking stone cold killer. But it is action packed. It's got a great storyline with you know, incredible actors. Tarantino always knows how to pick his actors for these movies. You like, know, it's funny though. Is, Django is, is no exception. He had to like, he felt like Leonardo felt so bad that he had to say the N word to got to the point where Samuel Jackson's like, motherfucker, this is a Tuesday. This is work for us. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. So we could say no, Samuel Jackson gave Leonardo DiCaprio the N word pass for the scene. Oh my God. And so then, it's like, cool. And then Leonardo still felt bad. So he took them all out to like dinner. <laughs> like he's like, I'm sorry. It's got to be tough, though. It's got to be tough. I mean, me being a person, I obviously know that everything that went on was horrific, but it's important for people to see it in movies in a lighthearted fashion to truly understand how shitty it all was. And Tarantino always has that like nice historical angle. It's like a lot of this is based in true stuff and a little bit of its embellishments because it's like uh, he, he says in uh, the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, this 
Wild West movies, the point of them was, you know, the Wild West wasn't really all like that, all flashy and gunslingy, but it wasn't far from and it could have been. It's a retelling of a story like we would have liked it to happen. Django, we would have liked to see some badass motherfucker kill all the slave owners. Yep. And the historical angle I'm always really impressed by in his movies. A hundred percent. I think the last quotable scene from that that I remember the most, it involves Jonah Hill too, is when they're <laughs> all on the horses and the man whose wife made all the the the, the KKK masks for them cut out the eye holes all wrong. So like, I can't see shit out this goddamn mask. And they're like, that's the point of a brigade. I can't see. As long as the horse can see, we're fine. And then, you know, they're giving this guy shit for making horrible masks. And the guy's just at the end is like, you, you unappreciative sons of bitches. You don't ask me a mines for nothing. And then just rides off into the fucking night. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. He's, and then Jonah Hill was like, I think the bags were a good idea. But not to point any fingers here. They could have been done a lot better. <laughs> I think it's funny because it's like a dramatic action movie. Then you have this really meta hilarious scene. With KKK over bags that go over the goddamn head. Oh. Great movie. Great movie. All right. Awesome. What you got? I'll head to my next one. Uh, So, veering away from comedy again, uh, I'm going to go 28 Days Later. Oh, okay. I saw that movie as a kid, and I was scared shitless. So, I watched it again. That's what any respectable (laughs) child would do. That's what you do. You got to build up your immunity. Uh, It ended up being one of my favorite movies. So, for, for anybody who isn't aware, it's a horror zombie film. About it's not even like really zombies in a way. It's about a virus called the Rage Virus. It basically just wipes out England, and it's just the story. Of this guy wakes up in a hospital. I want to say it's like well, a few weeks after it happens, and he's just like, "Well, I can walk down." <laughs> Shit's fucked. <laughs> Shit's fucked, dog. And it just it's it's super action packed. It's super dramatic. It's super scary, and it's just honestly, I think it's the best zombie movie ever made. In my opinion, here's what I liked about that movie: the zombies were threatening. Okay? Oh yeah, they were. They were like all Usain Bolt. They, just, <sighs> they ran. They jumped. You you couldn't if like you couldn't let them. They could spit. They like would projectile spit. Right. Well, it would, yeah, it'd be spit or blood. And if it got into it was, <laughs> if you if got it, into your eyes, into well, that's a what happened to one guy. He he got he's looking up at a crow who had the virus was dead and it was dripping blood and one one drop went in his eye and he turned. That's nuts. Yeah, it's it's extremely. How do you kill someone like that? Well, yeah, how did they? How did they in the movie? Like same way you would a normal zombie, shoot them, decapitate. Yeah, the, decapitate. I mean, or I mean, it was yeah because they weren't really zombies. It was like it was like rabies. So like people hopped One up. of the scenes is so the the guy the main guy meets up with these other people, and they stay at this house. And the, the other dude who's in the group, so it's a, it's a girl and a guy. And the guy, not the not the main guy, so there's three people. There's two mm-hmm. guys and a girl. So the other guy makes a mistake and he has like candles and lights on in the living room and they, they know. And so, and like literally it shows like a camera, like a POV camera angle of just like fast sprinting. And then you see him and they crash through like a window and grab him. Oh my God. And like the girl <gasps> oh, comes out oh. and just like with a machete and just starts like just hacking him. And then she looks at the guy and he has a pipe and he's like, no, wait. And she just, no mercy. Fuck. You can't rip that, that bandaid off. My yeah. God. It's it's crazy. And then they had 28 weeks later, which was a little is shot better because it had a bigger production value and everything. It's still really good, but it's still just as scary. But 28 days later for me, it's just like 
if you want a, like a really scary zombie movie, like watch that one. None, none of this is The Walking Dead where they walked at like three feet a day. Oh, yeah. No, you got it. <laughs> That's what I feel every zombie movie needs, man. You need that crazy zombie. You need that end of the round Call of Duty esque zombie that's going to chase yeah, you around. Yeah, that's what they are from the beginning in this movie. I know, and that's why that's what every zombie movie needs. And what I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and all I'm remembering right now is just Zombieland Two and the way those zombies were. And like, was there a variety of zombies in that movie? No, no, no. They all they just, were all the same. Yeah, they were yeah? just all sprinting. Um, granted, like if they had like a physical ailment or something, like they couldn't run as fast, but like. It's just like Dawn of the Dead. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead? The, the zombie is emphysema. <laughs> the zombie was fucking paralyzed. It's got it. I'm about my legs work again. You, you, see, you see one on a wheelchair, like uh, uh, rapidly moving his wheels with his arms still going towards you. <laughs> Have you or any other infected been infected with mesothelioma? He <laughs> just said, hold on, guys, I got to stop. <laughs> just because you're infected does not mean you're not entitled to compensation. <laughs> Call the law offices of we take care of zombies. Yeah. Um, it's funny because people people argue on that movie all the time. Like it's not a zombie film because they're technically not. It's it's it, literally just a rage here's virus. The th- here's the thing about that argument. Zombie movies are like their own subgenre within horror. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want certain things from a horror movie, but a, a zombie movie, it's like you got to hit certain notes about like how the apocalypse is and how the zombies are and how the survivors are and how the world is politically and all this stuff. And by all means, 20 days later is a zombie movie. It's like you could say, oh, they're not zombies. They're infected. So it's not a zombie movie, but it's like, ah, but it's still a zombie movie. So the crazy thing, though, is what just happened with the coronavirus in India is basically how this movie started with the monkey that ran away with the virus. Mm-hmm. In India, like a few weeks ago. So the beginning of 28 Days Later is they have these monkeys that have the virus. These like chimps and they're very aggressive because it's called the rage virus. And these like PETA activists break in and like, you gotta let them go. And they let them go and they literally just slaughter everybody in that room. And then they get out oh, and that's how the virus God. spreads. So uh, we, we got that when, to look forward PETA, to. When PETA backfires. <laughs> I, I like, I like the animals. <laughs> Holy shit. Fucking put it back in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> I always like in the the infection apocalypse movies. I like when like there's a good premise for the zombies. That's all like science based. For example, the, the, the opening scene with the monkeys in 20 days later, I'm like, oh, so they're kind of like framing in a realistic way. And that's always cool to me. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead with your uh, your next one, Chris. All right. So this this one's a horror movie. It's The Shining. Ah. The Shining. That's uh, Stanley Kubrick. It's not true to the book, but that doesn't matter because it's, it's, be- <laughs> it, it's better than the one that Stephen King did. Actually, I think he tr- Stephen King tried twice, if I'm not mistaken, to make his own, didn't he? It was like an older one and a newer one. Anyways, that's not my point point is stanley kubrick the 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 coolest thing about this movie is the cinematography and by that i mean like there's these shots where like the jack nicholson is working uh on his book in this like giant hall they're all alone in this like giant like fancy hotel basically and he's like working on his typewriter and you hear click 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 you know nobody's there it's all ambient and then his wife tries to like confront him like say hello and um he just like goes nuts on her and like starts slowly walking towards her and like the camera pans from his side of the room back from over the shoulder of his wife as she runs away from him. So like, it's one of the best 
ways of like perspective horror being used in movies and you have the score the musical score is so important it has this crazy like all these strings and crazy synths and it just ramps up like i I can't recreate it with my mouth yeah no but i get it and as like it goes further and like jack nicholson gets more demented it like ramps up or like the classic scene with the blood coming down the hallway or the two little uh, little girls oh we would like to play or the kid riding around his bicycle in the movie his little his little tricycle and the camera's like they the way they turn the corners is really like fluid and crazy it's to create a perspective horror and i respect the shit out of the shining and uh the leper lady in the bathtub who's like falling apart is fucking weird and always creeps me out oh yeah yeah no it it's so important to have that perspective in horror films man and i think you hit it right on the nose when you get that opportunity to put yourself in those situations and seeing those certain shots. Like it's crazy how much cinematography can do for a horror film. I saw a lot of it. And when like a horror film recently with like hereditary, just a lot of good shots that really put you in that person's perspective. But I think you hit it really well, especially with the music too. I'm not a music guy, but the, we the, are. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I ban people over here. <laughs> I play clarinet in middle school, bro. No, no, I get it. I get it, though. Well, go ahead, George. Give us your next one. Yeah. Yep. Next one. All right. Here we go. We're going to go. We should all have pretty, two more each. Pretty controversial uh, as of recently because millennials are just finding out that Robert Downey Jr. pulled off the best blackface in the history of blackface. And that is that movie is Tropic Thunder. You got a great cast. Ben Stiller. Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black, and I don't remember the other two names of the people that were with him in that troop, but man, you get them showing what like making a movie is like, and the director wanted them to actually feel how war life was like, what they were actually going through in Vietnam, so he like drops them out in the middle of nowhere and makes them survive on their own, and what's the first thing this film director does but step on a landmine and get his head blown to fucking smithereens, and Ben Stiller thought it was all a game. He was like, this is just cinematography, (laughs) FX. He picks up his head, starts like scooping out the brains and everything. (laughs) It's like, this is fake. And then, you know, the people who actually live there are like, trying to hunt them down they're like who the hell is on our land and they start shooting at him so ben stiller's like shooting out in the into the end of the forest not knowing that people are actually chasing them it is just hilarious he ben stiller starts off the movie strong and then at the end you really see robert downey jr like fully go into this blackface character and try to act black and i feel they hit it right on the nose when it's like it's it's almost like you can't do it anymore because of just everybody is going to give you shit for it. And even in the movie, one of the actors that is with him, I can't remember what that black guy's I don't name, remember is. His name either, but he gives Robert Downey Jr. Shit calling him, you know, like, why are you doing blackface when you crocodile Dundee? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so what you, you mean, know, you people? What you mean, you people? Huh? What you mean, you people? You know what I mean? Like, what it, people don't get is that the point of the joke is if, if it wasn't known to everybody rhetorically as being offensive, there would be no joke. Yes. So, like, like people who don't haven't seen the movie, of course, they're like upset, but like they have to understand that's just part of the joke. A hundred percent. 
hundred percent. I think one of my favorite scenes from that definitely is the the full retard scene where Robert Downey Jr. explains to Ben Stiller how you can never go full retard in a film. And to explain, uh, like <laughs> Forrest Gump obviously wasn't all there, but he was a war hero. So <laughs> that's an exception. You know what I mean? Rain Man had autism, but goddamn can count the hell out of cards. He's good at math. He's not full retard. Okay, so Ben's, you gotta have something. That's like the rule. You gotta have a niche. And I, I, I'm a special ed teacher. Okay, so before people go on saying this man is just so offensive, he is just wow. I can't believe I'm listening to this. Listen, all right. I teach kids with disabilities. When I saw that scene, I cracked up because it's so true, man. Like you never see it truly play out in a movie. And Ben Stiller's character in the movie, he played a, he played a guy named Simple Jack, who's just so far gone. Like he's like he was like when I was Ben Stiller was like when I was making the movie Simple Jack, I was doing everything retarded. I was brushing my teeth retarded. I was eating retarded. He and then you know Robert Downey Jr. in blackface, all the irony right is telling can never go full retard. And that's what makes the movie great is because they're willing to go to the the places that people would never fucking dare go these days. That's why I like Tropical I res- I respect that about the movie. So I'm on board with that. No, and that and, and it might not be top five for everybody, but you got to understand the comedic genius behind it sets that. the premise for, yes. you know, a lot of comedy that wants to be like it. Mm-hmm. Austin, let's hear it. All right. So I'll go on to, to my next one. And uh, that's a it's a, another favorite for George and me. That's the longest yard, the new one. Yes, with our boy Joey Diaz. Yes, no, the longest yard. Paul Crew. I mean, it's way better than the first one. When I watched the first one, I was like, God damn, they improved the shit out of this. Yeah, I was watching. I remember watching the first one, and I was like, I'm gonna fall asleep. Yeah, I I smoke weed all the time, and if I fall asleep during a movie, like you just not catch my attention, you know. I, I I'm already in a chill state. Gotta have a good hook, or like that's it. Yes, yeah. Yes. But this one is great. Like, yeah, Terry Crews in it, cheeseburger, cheeseburger Eddie, cheeseburger Eddie. Who, who the hell played that? That was uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, Terry Crews, cheeseburger Eddie, and then you had Marvin Harrison, who was an actual football player, pl- like playing the film as a running back, Nelly. No, Nelly was the Nelly was the running back. That uh, Marvin Harrison was a receiver. Yeah. And then you got, and then you had like the WWE like alumni class in there. You got like their great Steve colleague. Austin. You got Steve Austin. You got uh, Diesel. You got uh, oh, who was the other? One? Oh, um, Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, Goldberg the white guy there. on the. He was a guard. No, no, no. Steve Austin was the guard. Goldberg was the dude with the giant hammer. Yeah, like, they called him, him the hammer. Yeah, they're like he's gonna hit him over the head with that hammer. He's like, I don't want to kill him. I just want to hurt him. I messed that up. Oh my gosh, it was Goldberg. And then you got, then you got the timeless classic. Best actor ever, Joey Diaz. Oh my god. Diet Did Coke. Diet Coke can corn. Can of corn and I'll be fine. And he's like, he's like, he was like, all right, who here has played football before? All right, where? Kansas State. Or uh, it was like uh, yeah, Kansas he's City. Like Kansas State. Kansas State goes, oh shit, no way. With Coach so and so he goes, nah, Kansas State Penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> they have the softest mattresses out there. <laughs> And, and they were like, they, yeah, like they the first do. day of practice, yeah, they had they him, they had him running like, like laps, and he's on the ground, just, just flat on the ground. He's like, you fuckers better not cut me. 
my favorite scene from that movie is when Burt Reynolds fucking grabs Joey Diaz by the face mask and yanks him down to the ground. <laughs> He's showing like defensive moves to get by. And I remember listening to a podcast with Joey Diaz where he was like, when Burt Reynolds did this, he told me like in the morning, he's like, I'm to do it. We're going to do it in one or two shots. You know, like, I don't want to have to do it too hard. So like, you know, Joey Diaz is thinking he's not going to get yanked down too hard. He was like, Burt Reynolds pulled his fucking head down so goddamn hard he had like whiplash for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I also love. Um, oh, I forgot his name. It's like a Russian last name, but the but the big dude's like, I'm sorry, Mister. I broke it each other. Swatowski. Swatowski. That was great. He's like, it's like, no, that's a good thing. That deserves a hug with caretaker. Oh my god! Yeah, and we hadn't even brought up caretaker. Yeah, and it's Chris Rock. Yeah. Chris Rock is caretaker. Man, when he died in that movie. I was sad, dude. It was oh. very sad. That fucking that white dude. Oh, the who was actually in the original one too, yes. with Burt Reynolds. I did not know he was in the original. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He didn't age. It's well. a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's a great it's it's another Adam Sandler classic. What I like about that type of comedy is that all the side characters, like even if like they only have a couple lines, they're like a whole ass character. Like you remember something funny and distinct about them, like all these people that you guys are naming and comedy doesn't always do that nowadays. And it should. Yeah, it's like it's like, yeah, Adam Sandler has some funny things like with the one dude who's like, why can't I be quarterback? He's like, all right, good. And he hucks it like to the right, like like directly <laughs> to the right. Of him. And he's like, that's why now sit down and shut up. He's just like, he's just like tired of people's shit because he's in jail. And he's just like, I don't want to deal with you. We're going to play football because like they're making me. And he was in jail for just the fucking he. Well, obviously, he had the whole drunk driving incident at the yeah, beginning. But and then he got in trouble for shaving points off of his own game. He was an NFL quarterback. <laughs> so people hated him already. They're like, you're going to just screw us over in this game, too? Oh, yeah, man. And then the warden, that fucking... Whenever I see that old white guy, he, he's in, like, American Horror Story. Like, one of the seasons. All I could think of him as is just, like, this old German scientist guy. <laughs> but he plays the warden really well. Wasn't he in Babe? Oh, I don't remember. Anyways, though, uh, great movie. Great movie. Chris, go ahead and give us your next one. All right, this is a more more dramatic film, American Psycho. Ah. When I first saw the movie, uh the first thing you get from it is like um uh uh Christian what's the actor's name? Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I'm like I'm Batman. I'm like Batman Batman. Batman. Now Batman. That's his name. <laughs> the best Batman might I add. Yes. Whoa, whoa, we're not we're not opening that candle or the can of conversation. That, that's another episode. I'm actually not that opinionated about that type of stuff, but it's definitely a conversation. American Psycho, the first thing you get from the movie is like how odd, like how eccentric and charismatic uh Patrick Bateman is. Right? You're like, this guy's weird. Like he and and he talks with like this confidence and he's a like a Wall Street type of guy and he just kills people and then you know he uh, i think about when he's at the club and this girl asks him what do you do um um at executions and or, or something like that and then the 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 lady said she pretends like she can't hear because of the music and she says oh you do uh consultations like like mistaking his word um, they say it better in the movie, but I'm just paraphrasing. He's like this psycho guy. And when he kills people before he does it, he likes to talk about music. 
right? There's this guy, Paul, who he he only hates him because he has a better business card than him. I remember that. They're all showing that. off their business cards. This motherfucker's got a better movie. One. <laughs> and he has this internal dialogue. Oh, my God. Uh, an off-white with a monochrome text. It's way better than mine. <laughs> so he, he hangs out with this guy, Paul, and brings him back to his house. And he... You know, he's like, oh, I'll be in the other room. And Paul's having a drink on his couch and he walks. Patrick Bateman walks out with a raincoat and an axe and puts on the stereo. And he starts talking about Huey Lewis and the news. (laughs) Do you like Huey Lewis and the news? And he does like an in-depth like uh, like critique, like uh, they really came into their own when they made uh, the power of love or whatever, whatever the album like he's like super like intellectual about music and then he just says hey paul and paul turns around he just acts to the head totally murders this guy and but the whole movie the coolest part about the movie to me was about like it was like a like a psychological movie like you end up feeling bad for the killer because like he's stuck being a person who has like urges and there's a part of the movie that people think is actually like a like a fantasy sequence, like it didn't really happen, but he imagined it. He imagined himself giving into his urge and like he has like a shootout with the police and he calls his lawyer and turns himself in. He's like, oh, the only like I have these urges, right? And the only thing I have left to do, like the only control I have in my life is to turn myself in. And then his lawyer laughs. He's like, oh, that's a great joke, man. dude it's tragic it's like beautiful and tragic and he's just like such a quotable character great movie i gotta check out american psycho again i've I've seen it once but it was years ago i gotta watch it again oh but no christian bale and we'll we'll definitely get into the best batman podcast but i'm assuming (laughs) the american psycho is one of those ones where it's got you on the edge of your seat from like the the get-go or does it take a, a second to get going it irks you like it's not like like it seems normal. It seems like business as usual. Like he's at the office and and uh, you know doing his job and talking to girls, and then like he says something like like irksome, like really weird, um, or off the wall, and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then you know a couple of minutes later, he murders somebody. He's <laughs> he's like chasing somebody with a chainsaw. Um, so it definitely does in its own way. Okay. No, no I'm excited to check it out now because. It's crazy. We all came up with these lists. We never we never said what our on our list was. And I hope I don't overlap on this last one, but we haven't so far. I don't I don't think so with mine. I don't okay. think I don't think we will. Because this one's special to me. And it reminded me about what Chris just said with it takes like in comedy movies, you gotta be able to remember all those supporting characters. And in this movie, when I saw it yesterday, as I was making this list, this is the end. With uh you got Seth Rogan. You got that James was the one Franco, that was about Craig aliens? Robinson. Uh, it was like it, it was, was the end the, of the world. Yeah, the like, end of the world. They're like being raptured, like almost. Yeah. So there this was one all, I the, seen. all the people that hadn't committed sin and were going to heaven got sucked up into heaven immediately, and then the world just caught fire. And of course, all these actors and all their fl- like flaws aren't the ones to get brought up by heaven. So they're having this party at uh at Dave. Is it Dave? Yeah, Dave's Franco's. Dave Franco. James Franco. God, James. I want to say James I, Franco. I, oh, oh my gosh. I also haven't seen the movie. It's because so. I, I know of it. I know like most of it, but I haven't seen it. I, I get that confusion too, because in the interview, he calls himself 
Dave or James. He's James Franco. That's his real James name. Franco. He's James Franco. James Franco and Seth Rogen. They're, you know, Seth Rogen comes into town. He meets up with his buddy. I'm not remembering that actor's name, but they ended up going to James Franco's new house. And then that's when this whole shit blows up. And it's all these actors at a party just in on their own character. You had Danny McBride. Like I said, Seth Rogen, Craig Robinson from the Is office it them acting as themselves, It's them acting as themselves and how they would, you know, act if this was all happening. So first night happens. So many people die. Kevin Hart, Aziz Ansari, Rihanna gets thrown into this pit. Michael Sarah in a amazing scene is getting his cock sucked and his ass eaten while drinking a Capri Sun in the bathroom. <laughs> You got it, guys. When I say you got to watch this film, you got to watch it. Then Michael Sarah like goes outside and he's like, "Guys, who took my fucking cell phone, man?" And this fucking light pole just impales right through his chest, and then he ends up realizing the phone was in his pocket the whole time. <laughs> it's like, oh damn, that's really embarrassing, man. As he's dying, he's just As worried he's about dying. how embarrassing it was. Not that he's dying. That bro, and then. So what I thought was funny, it was just like the buildup. The end kind of gets crazy with Jonah Hill turning into the devil and like and everything just fucking completely hitting the the wall. But at the beginning of the movie, they had all these supplies like put together and stuff. They like took inventory, of all the food they have so they can like survive. And Danny McBride was like sleeping in the bathroom upstairs. So he comes downstairs when they're all sleeping and they already planned this and he sees all this food and you know it's a hollywood party he's probably hung over hungry as shit he cooks like the biggest breakfast for all his bros <laughs> he uses damn near all the fucking food that they had in the house and then you know everyone comes in the morning it's like danny what the fuck are you doing and he's like what you cocksuckers don't like when i make you breakfast <laughs> and you know they it, it all works together so well because you get to see them as themselves and i feel you never get that in a lot of comedy movies it's one that you got to check out because there's just so many good names in it this is the end seth rogan's one of seth rogan's finest pieces in my opinion once again there are those type of great actors that can bounce off each other and like with comedies like i'll admit what you're essentially doing a lot of the time is you just want to see the actor like the actors the characters usually just the actor but when you get them all together in these situations they're just bounce off each other with these jokes left and right it's like a it's like a comedy gumbo that, just, that reminds <laughs> me of uh, of the first grown-ups if you guys you guys have seen yes. the first grown-ups yes so, I have. so I when like they're it. making when they're making fun of rob schneider's character for for maze like they're like maze, maze and then and then um oh what's his name the dude plays joe dirt Oh, uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember his name. So him, he goes, "That's amazing." And then like Adam Sandler laughs, but like that's not like a fake laugh. Like he just improv that on the spot. And Adam Sandler's <laughs> like, "Wait a minute, that's pretty funny." <coughs> Tony Bunyan over or Kobe Bunyan over here. <laughs> Toby Bryant. Toby Bryant. Oh my god! People give the grown-up that's- movies a fair amount of shit. Um, and I kind of, I kind of did, but I liked Grown Ups One. It's a thing where like it teeters on family comedy, but you know, I'll be damned. Grown Ups One was pretty funny. Damn straight, every kid came out of there wanting to get chocolate wasted. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and, and uh, give my last one. So it's not a comedy. It's actually Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, hell, so okay. going with the second one. I personally think the third one boring that's when it's time to take a nap if they got the marathon on mm-hmm. i'll watch the first one like 
Oh, Third Last one. Crusade's coming on. Time for a nap. I can only watch so many movies in a row. Like one, two, two is like my max. I think. Oh yeah, but oh, Temple yeah. of Doom. Oh, it's oh, it, it. This reason alone is what is what makes it the best Indiana Jones. It's the one that they base the ride off of at Disneyland. That's what the ride is based off of. Is that one? And it's just. I don't know. It's super dark. It's a lot of action. It's a really cool like setting. It's in India, but like this really corrupted dark temple where they like sacrifice children and make not even children. They just sacrifice people. Totally and, they have, iconic. and then they have children labor in their minds. That's one with the the dude. He's like finding the dude with a sword and he no, just no, that's, shoots that's him. That's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the first one. <sighs> that, that's Got a it. good scene, though. The Indiana Jones has yeah. a lot of good gags and scenes in it. But uh, the second one is like Kalima, Indy, cover your heart. Hey, 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 remember oh my God. Austin and I went to Disneyland when we were in like middle Sixth school. Grade. Yeah. And we were in. We went on Star Tours, which is the Star Wars ride. And throughout the whole thing, Christian's going, Kalima, Indy, cover your heart. And then in the Indy ride, he goes, use the force, Luke. I was like, using the wrong George Lucas films in the wrong spots. Dude. <laughs> I hope somebody got mad. I was like, shut up. <laughs> but it's it's my favorite because it's the darkest of the four but it's it's so that movie actually is the reason why we have a pg-13 rating now really yeah because it was going to be rated r and steven spielberg was like dog it's not that bad it's not that bad it's it's like a middle ground uh there's a lot of things we don't know who those people are they live in secrecy but they uh oh my god yeah they they send a film in for a review and then they they, there's there's videos you can watch on it that go into detail about it but um if you Oh, damn it kind of blows my mind and yeah, i'm just gonna jump in like in schools people give you so much shit for like the rating of film you watch i'm sorry but there comes a point in time where you should be able to watch anything and be okay yeah. like at what age did you guys start watching rated r films uh, uh i was like in elementary school when my mom put on like nightmare on elm street so <laughs> and my- i'm like this movie's a badass so <laughs> i'm a little I, I mean, I didn't. I'm like, oh, I waited till I was 16. No, my dad, like I was like five and my dad was like, this is South Park. Just don't say what they say. And, <laughs> and that was it. Like, I just watched whatever. And that's as simple as it is. It, it's, it's always just befuddled me. This goddamn limit that they put on people. And it's like you're you're silencing your the chance to learn something new. Like all those rated R films. Like, you know, there's a reason to rated R. You're going to learn something that's kind of out yeah. there and crazy. And it's like important. how to murder people with an axe and talk about music. And maybe say a couple of cuss words and touch a boob. And that, those are things you need to it's know. Those are life lessons. Those are life lessons. Those are you up need. there with like learning how to do taxes. I, some could say more important. Some could say more important. <laughs> You're definitely right. Because like I think of like the shelter type who like when they're a kid, like, oh, you could use the internet for 30 minutes and you could watch. Oh you could well, you could watch TV for an hour and you could play a video game until I until you it's your bedtime. That's like, like that's like my kid. Like we have a tablet for him so we can watch movies when we go on road trips. And it's literally like the children's version of the fire tablet. So it has like Disney Plus, Netflix Kids, YouTube Kids. It's like he can't have it. Granted, he's two. He doesn't need to be watching all that, but still. Yeah. But I know just based off the way you were brought up, when that time comes with your your kid, you're not gonna be like no, he's well, not going to be sheltered. No, you're. We're not going to. We're not going to watch that. Well, he's going to walk in at three years old. I'm going to be watching Longest Yard and hearing Joey Diaz telling people not to cut him. <laughs> Assholes better not cut me. <laughs> As he's on the ground dead. Uh, yeah. So Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. 
Great film. Obviously, watch That's all That's the four favorite of them. Indiana Jones that I've seen. We used to have it on VHS. I have and the I entire box. That one. I have the entire box collection. It has the first three movies and then like a behind the scenes. TV. Do you guys know the app, the app Quiz Up? It was a game. So oh, a, is that the one everybody played? You spun the wheel. No, no, no. That was a different one. This one, okay. this one was popular around the same time, and it was literally trivia. For the longest time, I was number one in the United States in Indiana Jones trivia because I watched so much of that documentary oh my about them making it. Dudes would like roll up and like and like I could tell I'd be like, oh, this dude doesn't know anything based on like the first question and be like, where did Indiana Jones like teach him? Like, oh, dog, you don't know. All right. This is, I'm winning. Oh, no doubt. Are you, do you put that in a resume? Like <laughs> should held number one position in tri- <laughs> Indiana Jones trivia. Some quiz up app that is somebody may respect you. No, that, like, what if you got a job because of that? Like the person, like, I'm a fucking huge Indiana Jones fan, dog. You're my man. <laughs> I told, I told, I told, uh, told Vanessa that, and she was like, "Okay, and." She's oh. like, "Why do I care?" And I was like, "All right, that's fair. Why should you care?" Uh, all right, it's a niche. It's a niche amount of people. All right, Chris, go ahead and uh, and uh, send us home on these lists. I bro. One of the best movies I ever seen in the when I existed was Scarface. Yo, classic. Oh my God. Yes. Lots of people like Scarface, and it's because it's great. Well, Isla One, one, <laughs> one, Tony Montana is an amazing character. He's just like this no-nonsense Cuban guy who's like a badass. And but here's the thing: you see, he's not the, the when he's always depicted, he's this badass gangster. You know, with the he has like the M16 with the grenade launch. He's like, ah, oh, say hello to my little friend. He's snorting rails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's the thing: you see that character built up. You see him when he first gets to the states. You see him when he's like in that like uh, like prison yard and shit in the beginning of the movie. It's you see him earn everything he earns and build his like empire so it's so much more meaningful than just saying oh here's a gangster character right off the bat and that makes all the more tragic when you see basically his downfall and he says so much iconic shit in that movie when he's like oh make way for the bad guy or say hello to my little friend and everything he says it's such like a tragic movie and it's a great movie and it's about badass gangsters and it's like all 80s and shit and there's all this synth music it's great. I love it. It's so that movie sticks with me a lot because I grew up and my dad came from Cuba. So naturally, that was his favorite movie. But it's the <laughs> look fu- at me, son. It's the fucking truth, guys. Like dead ass. Look up Florida in the goddamn 1980s. And it is ran by cocaine kingpins. And it's all about not giving a shit what people think about you. Like Tony did not care about anything except for getting his dollar. He didn't care if he had to damn near get chainsawed in half. You know what I mean? And then when it came time to start killing people, he had he had the balls to do that shit, too. You know, and it, it like you said, you can't just have a character like that and just have him be a gangster right off the jump. It's just not not the way it worked like that back then. It's so it's so tough. It's like the perfect immigrant story. Because you feel exactly yeah. the immigrant angle of the movie is so like because it makes it like, oh, this is a real dude. This is a real dude. He's off the boat. You know, he's he has to live the dream. What's his version of the, the, the dream? And he creates it for himself, essentially, which is badass. Take that home with you, kids. Do it for yourself. <laughs> Not cocaine. 
no, make start your own a rail. Dream. All kids, we <laughs> mandate all kids who listen to this podcast to start a rail. If you don't know what that means, ask your parents. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll hop us into the, the last segment for today's episode. I want to start a thing where we duel characters from two random movies. And a we would duel, see a fight. Yes. Okay. A fight. We would see a who squabble. Win. So here, altercation, maybe Donnybrook. Here's the contestants for this week's episode Olaf from Frozen, the Predator from the Predator movies. My money's on Olaf, dog. Okay, what environment are we in? Are we in like an icy environment or are we in like a jungle environment? Like, where are we? Because Olaf gets a power boost essentially when he's in ice. <laughs> Yeah, like but, camouflage too. Remember in the first movie though, Elsa gives him that like rain cloud that follows him, or that snow cloud that follows him. Oh yeah, she made she made him immortal. Can Olaf die? I don't think he can. I mean, if you light him on fire, that cloud isn't going to do much for him. I don't know because Elsa's powers are pretty strong. Yeah, I but, think okay, but Elsa's snow- not involved. This that's the last that's the yeah, last you're so, right. You're that's right. That's the last right. thing she has for him. Is okay. that well, is the, is a snow cloud? No, no. I think the environment definitely plays a huge part. We'll say we'll say New York City from Predator Two. Sure. Okay. Sure. We'll Set say it. we'll say they just roll up on New it's York City. Vegas temperamental, odds. you know, weather like it's not too hot. Maybe he won't melt right off the fight. It'll be nighttime. So yeah. All right. No, I I think I think it is a hundred percent the Predators fight to lose. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just come out and say it. If I had to put a thousand dollars down on this fight, it would be for the Predator. But Olaf, man, can throw them sticks, dog. He can throw them <laughs> sticks with anybody. Weapon. No, dude, he, he can throw Sharp. hands. He can just swing on, on Predator. Uh, can you imagine just the, the stick to the eye? God damn. Could you, but also, uh, remember, he can like, like he has like separate pieces for his head and his body. So like Predator could come in with like a swing and he could just, <laughs> just pop his head up and over. He's almost so laughable that, you know, he like the predator like would like not be as aggressive. You know what I mean? Be it's like, like what a, is this? It's like a fighter, you know, like fighting like a little kid. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to fucking the little kid punches like Mike Tyson. No, serious. <laughs> and that's Olaf. There's a very important. You're right. You're right. And there's a very important angle. What was Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest problem fighting the predator initially is because he had thermal vision. He had to cover himself in mud. Olaf is fucking ice. <laughs> he will. He won't even be able to t- detect that That's motherfucker. Such a good point. Said, Olaf's gonna have a headband like Rambo or Solid Snake, and just come up behind him with like a sharpened twig arm, and just yeah. But he's gonna come and be like, "I like warm hugs, <laughs> warm hugs in hell." <laughs> so in the so, perfect action movie type sense, that's the exact one liner he'd pull. So if we're gonna. <laughs> So if we're going to put this like UFC fight three rounds, how many rounds do you think this is going? What kind of ground game does Olaf have? Uh, Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu? <laughs> I don't know what they teach in Arendelle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do aliens have UFC though? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe the Predator doesn't know what that is. Maybe well, it's, they have like maybe a ritual it's CFU. Program. It's just CFU. backwards. He lives in the alternate, you know. CFU. <laughs> champion fighting you. Yeah, champion fighting you. <laughs> He's really just from Russia. <laughs> Imagine that predator just rolls up in a tracksuit. Hello, you oh, have backwards R. <laughs> oh my Olaf god! Olaf takes it. Olaf That's takes it. it. That's it. I, I think. Yeah, this is the game was rigged from the start. Olaf is like the snow Chad. Then when you and then you brought up the thermal vision, and I mean, it's just like what the predator would be fucking lost, dog. 
all the tight streets in New York, Olaf, and his ability to fucking. I just imagine like the predator walks down a like an alleyway, and you just hear like. And he looks behind him, and there's no, nobody there. <laughs> the shadow kind of like moves across the background. But, it's like, but Olaf, that? but Olaf does like like a Home Alone, and he he runs like in front of him really fast. We can't see, so he walks forward, but it's a puddle because he's somewhat melting. And he just slips and he shit in oh the alleyway. Oh my god! And then, and then he sings about it. He I, sings like a yeah, song about it. I think Olaf, in like you said, the Home Alone fashion, might use New York City as his tool to kill the predator. Oh shit, you're right. Like he can when you said like he could slip on a puddle, like I envision Olaf now as his fucking mastermind. That's like, you know, setting up traps around corners for the predator, you know, slip on marbles, fall down staircase type situation. Olaf's a crafty little bugger. I love it. I love that you brought this up. People I guarantee you everyone of our viewers are gonna be the like, forums are gonna go nuts all day. We're gonna we're gonna lose people because of our opinion. Episode one. I can't stand this show. There's thousands of replies on like Yahoo Answer arguments over this. It's like it's like Goku versus Naruto tier stuff. Like you, you can't talk about it. But you know what? We're gonna answer the hard questions on this show. So I don't apologize. Well, everybody, we thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you continue to tune in. And this has been the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. 